Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Friday, March 10th. Coming up today... Stocks drop on concern over the health of the U.S. banking system. Wall Street braces for the jobs report after last month's big surprise. President Biden kicks off a Washington spending fight with a nearly $7 trillion budget. And China's Xi Jinping unanimously wins a third term as president. A New York man jailed for 18 years for a crime he did not commit is free. Plus, death penalty deliberations in Manhattan hit a snag in the case of a terrorist. I'm John Tucker. More ahead. I'm John Stashauer in sports. The Knicks and Nets both lost. The Rangers, Islanders, and Devils all won. Season-ending loss for St. John's. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak, the business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Each morning on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. Panic is spreading across the startup world. It's due to worries about the financial health of Silicon Valley Bank, a major lender to fledgling companies. SVB's top executive is urging clients to stay calm, but Peter Thiel's Founders Fund and other venture capitalists are advising their portfolio businesses to withdraw their money. We get more from Bloomberg Investing Editor Russell Ward. The sell-off started uh, when SVB announced uh, plans to raise more than $2 billion in a share sale uh, to shore up capital. This was after it was forced to sell assets at a significant loss uh, following a drop in deposits. Now, as its name suggests, uh, the bank caters to startups in Silicon Valley, uh, which it says has been burning through cash during the slump in tech investment. And now startups are rushing to withdraw their cash from the bank. Bloomberg's Russell Ward says SVB shares plunged 60% yesterday. This morning, they're down another 30%. Well, Nathan, another influential name on Wall Street is urging investors to stay calm. Mohamed Alarian says U.S. banks can contain contagion risk and system stress stemming from the turmoil at Silicon Valley Bank. In a tweet this morning, the chairman of Gramercy Funds and Bloomberg opinion columnist said the U.S. banking system is solid as a whole, but that doesn't mean every bank is. Well, along with the banking turmoil this morning, Karen, Wall Street is also bracing for the February jobs report. After last month's huge surprise, economists are looking for a gain of 225,000 jobs. We get more from Bloomberg's Michael McKee. January's jobs report turned the financial world on its head. More than half a million jobs created, the government said, almost three times what was forecast. The Fed, slowing the pace of rate increases, is now expected to tighten more and faster unless the February numbers reverse course. And that is possible. Economists say the January report was boosted by unexpectedly good weather and annual statistical adjustments. It might be revised lower. And estimates put February's job gains back at trend. Another surprise, though, and expect a lot of market turmoil. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak. 
All right, Michael, thank you. We now turn to the fight over spending and the debt in Washington. President Biden has unveiled his budget request for the next fiscal year. The $6.9 trillion package would boost spending on a whole range of programs and pay for it with new taxes on the wealthy and corporations. Now the president says the ball is in Republicans' court. I'm ready to meet with the speaker anytime, tomorrow, if he has his budget. Lay it down. Tell me what you want to do. I'll show you what I want to do. See what we can agree on or we don't agree on. Let's see what we, we vote on. President Biden announced his budget in Philadelphia. Republicans have called for at least $150 billion in spending cuts. The president would raise spending by $77 billion next year and add $5.5 trillion in taxes over a decade. Later today, President Biden welcomes the leader of the European Union, Ursula von der Leyen, to the White House. They plan to talk trade, the war in Ukraine, and future leadership. Amy Morris has a preview from our Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington. The two sides are expected to agree to a plan allowing European firms to benefit from some of the subsidies for batteries offered only to U.S. producers. That deal would also showcase the strength of the transatlantic alliance in supporting Ukraine against Russia's invasion. Now, as for Ukraine, the U.S. and EU will consider strategies to step up production of military equipment, but there are questions over funding. EU officials are also looking at its relationship with the U.S. if President Biden doesn't win re-election. And von der Leyen's term also ends next year. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Amy, thank you. Meanwhile, the legal pressure may be close to a breaking point for former President Donald Trump. Multiple media outlets are reporting Manhattan's district attorney is moving toward a criminal indictment. And Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the latest. D.A. Alvin Bragg has offered Trump the opportunity to appear before the grand jury investigating his role in a payment to Stormy Daniels before the 2016 election. In New York, it's called the Cross Notice and is given to objects of investigations before a formal indictment is handed down. A Trump spokesperson says Trump was a victim of extortion then. He is now. It's an embarrassment to the Democratic prosecutors and an embarrassment to New York City. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thanks, Ed. Turning overseas, it is a unanimous vote from lawmakers in China granting Xi Jinping an unprecedented third term as president. Bloomberg Daybreak Asia anchor Brian Curtis has more from Hong Kong. Xi won the vote 2,952 to zero. It gives him five more years in power and demonstrates his solid grip on the Communist Party. She was also reappointed chairman of the Central Military Commission. In other moves, the NPC installed former graft chief Zhao Leji as its new leader. It gave the vice presidency to Han Zheng, who replaces Wang Qishan. Now, the balloting here was all procedural. There was no doubt about the outcome. In Hong Kong, Brian Curtis, Bloomberg Daybreak. Hi, Brian. Thanks. While staying in Asia, the Bank of Japan maintained its easing stance as Governor Haruhiku Kuroda held his final meeting after a decade of massive stimulus. The decision came shortly after Parliament formally approved Kazuo Ueda to succeed Kuroda in April. It's 35 degrees in New York. We've got showers possible late today. Winter weather advisories, in fact, north of the city starting at 6 tonight. We're going to get up to the mid-40s, down to the upper 30s tonight as that snow begins. Time now to take a look at some of the other stories making news in New York and around the world. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg's John Tucker. Good morning, John. And good morning, Nathan. A New York man has been released from prison 18 years after he was convicted of murder based on a mistaken identification. Sheldon Thomas was arrested for a 2004 murder after a witness identified a different person with the same name in a photo array. The Brooklyn District Attorney's Office reinvestigated the case and discovered police concealed the mistake and then explained it away in court. 
District Attorney Eric Gonzalez. I met with Mr. Thomas. You know, he was very emotional. I apologized to him. Um, and as you heard for himself, he uh, wants to move forward with his life. He has a loving family. Thomas's attorney, William Caston, says the wrongful conviction put his client behind bars for more than half his life. And now being released when he's 35, where does he start? He doesn't have housing. He missed the opportunity to go to college. He doesn't have health insurance. Meanwhile, Thomas says he wanted to thank everyone who believed in his innocence. Well, death penalty deliberations in Manhattan hit a snag in the case of a convicted ISIS terrorist. Deliberations starting anew after one of the jurors was dismissed due to a family emergency and replaced with an alternate. The jury's considering whether Saifelo Saipov deserves the death penalty for killing eight people with a truck in a 2017 attack. Well, as Nathan mentioned at the top of the program, Old Man Winter isn't done yet with the New York area. Let's get the update from Bloomberg meteorologist Rob Callard. Morning, Rob. John, this next storm system is mainly a rain event in the city, but inland, that's where we have winter weather advisories from 6 p.m. this evening through 10 a.m. tomorrow. A lot of the northern and western suburbs are probably going to see three to six inches of heavy wet snow from this storm. Even in the city, it may mix with wet snow later tonight and into tomorrow morning. John? All right, thanks, Rob. A German police say eight people were killed in a shooting at a Jehovah's Witness Hall in Hamburg, including the alleged gunman. Still no word on a positive motive for the shooting. And President Volodymyr Zelensky has urged a rapid repair of energy infrastructure in areas hit by a fresh barrage of Russian missile attacks. It cut power to hundreds of thousands in Ukraine. The White House says at least 11 Ukrainians died in the attacks, including five near the western city of Lviv. Global News 24 hours a day powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries. I'm John Tucker. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thank you, John. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Good morning, John Stashauer. Good morning, Nathan. Rare night where all five New York area NBA and NHL teams played. All five on the road. The hoop teams lost. The hockey teams won. None of them in regulation. Knicks began a four-game trip out west. Sacramento much improved. Tied for second in the west. The Kings went up by 16 at the half. And Nick Rowley fell short. They lost 122-117. DeMontis Sabonis, 24 points in a triple-double. Like the last game, the loss to Charlotte Knicks. Shooting was off. Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel quickly together. Four of 28 on three-pointers. Road trip continues tomorrow in L.A. against the Clippers. Nets were in Milwaukee, even though the Bucks didn't have Giannis Antetokounmpo. Sore hand. They still won 118-113, and they've won 19 of their last 20. Rangers, first game since last Saturday, a 4-3 shootout win at Montreal. Patrick Kane got his first Ranger goal. That tied the game. Devils also won in a shootout, 3-2 at Washington. The Islanders won in overtime, 4-3 at Pittsburgh. Big East tournament, near upset win for St. John's, but the Red Storm season came to an end, an overtime loss to Marquette. Wins for Rutgers in the Big Ten and Fordham in the Atlantic Ten. Another Yankees starting pitcher is injured. Carlos Rodon, the Yanks' key offseason pickup, has a mild elbow strain. It's just kind of early to throw through things right now, I would say. I want to be, you know, 100% healthy going. I mean, obviously not all of us are going to be 100% healthy. You know, at least mentally 100% healthy and ready to pitch going into the season. Injury coming after the one to Frankie Montas. That one likely season-ending. Sounds like Rodon may miss only a couple of starts. John Stash, Bloomberg Sports.
Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. We are watching banking stocks in the U.S. and around the world slide lower this morning, thanks to turmoil at a bank that provides a lot of the lifeblood for Silicon Valley startups. Silicon Valley Bank, SVB, has announced a sudden fundraising effort. That's led the likes of Peter Thiel and other venture capitalists to advise their clients to pull out. Let's bring in Danny Berger, Bloomberg television anchor and markets correspondent, for more on what's happening at SVB and the ramifications for the financial sector. Danny, good morning. Let's just set things up here. Mm. What is happening at SVB? Uh, To put it really broadly... It's one of these unintended consequences of, of the Fed hiking rates that we always talk about actually come to fruition. Now, that's absolutely putting it too simplistically. But the, the actual thing that happened here is this weird accounting quirk where banks like Silicon Valley Bank are allowed to hold bonds on their balance sheet and not mark them down when they lose value. They label them held to maturity. So SVB said they had $91 billion of these bonds on their balance sheet. But the truth is they are worth a lot less than that. And look, usually that doesn't really matter. But when it matters is if all of a sudden clients want to take their money out of the bank, they want their deposits back and you have to liquidate those bonds. And all of a sudden you're taking huge losses and potentially there's this mismatch in assets and liabilities. And that's what happened They have a lot of VC and tech companies. It's been a really difficult time. Funding has dried up. So VC funds wanted to take their money out. And SVB had to liquidate all of its securities that were available for sale and then had this gap. They released that press press release yesterday saying uh, that they were looking for a capital injection. And so these, these fears really came to a head. And everybody all of a sudden looked at SVB and said, wow, this looks a whole lot like a solvency issue. So is this an accounting uh, 
practice that's particular to SVB, or does this have potential ramifications for other bigger banks that people may have heard of? So the regional banks have a lot of these, uh, again, they're called held to maturity, where you just say, I'm going to hold them forever, so I don't need to mark them down. But of course, that's not actually the truth. Um, A lot of banks do have this. Uh, If you look at what sold off the most yesterday, it it does kind of go according to who has the biggest pile of these bonds. Schwab, for example, has um, over $100 billion uh, first region like a lot of these regional banks have them but potentially the difference with SVB is they were really long duration they were you know let's say 30 year bonds uh, they were mortgage backed securities so they were things that were especially susceptible to the feds raising rates so there are some weird specific things with them um, so it doesn't necessarily mean that the fact that everyone else has these held to maturity type bonds that they're going to be insolvent but but it look it is a risk um and I should say it's a risk that even the fed the St. Louis Fed uh, flagged in a blog post last month. Eagle-eared listeners know you're based in London. How is this affecting the European banking sector? Is there contagion risk there? Man, I got to say, it is a head scratcher because you think, all right, there's this bank in California. Most of the world hasn't heard about. It's exposed to uh, VC funds. So then why is Unicredit selling off? Why is Deutsche Bank selling off? But I for for some of it, it's sell now, ask questions later. Mm. Another component might be that, look, what's on their balance sheet? Do they have unrealized losses? Are these banks holding European real estate that we know in some sectors have been under pressure? But I, I do think a lot of this is just banks are selling off and globally that happens. There's this interconnection between them. I, I find it hard to make the argument that European banks have the same risk as SVB, but it is just a case, perhaps, of investors just combing through the balance sheets and just saying, hey, anything that seems related, I'm kind of worried about. Is this panic that we're seeing in across the banking sector, at least for now, something that could move the Fed to potentially ease off rate hikes to de-stress the system? It, it definitely is. Um, for one, we know this is something the Fed watches. They speak to regional banks all the time. I mentioned there was a blog post about it by the St. Louis Fed. So this is a worry of theirs. They don't want this to happen. They know regional banks are important to this economy. Um, and so, look, you can see the market pricing in a Fed that's going to be more cautious because they don't want to break more things. You see a two-year yield that's moved 30 basis points lower in the past two days. You see uh, rate swaps backing off from from 50 basis point hikes. Um, Part of it, I will say, is the fact that this market was so short bonds, especially heading into the jobs data today, that we're getting a lot of short covering potentially. Um, But but I think there is this expectation that, hey, even if a jobs number comes in really hot, if there is concern of financial stability, the Fed can't go 50 basis points. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. 
Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.